0: in the year of our Lord 2020, can mm. Joe Biden become Jonathan Archer in the way that we need him to be? We need him to be a uniter. We need him to say platitudes to both sides. <laughs> we need him to get shit-faced on Andorian ale. We need all of it. Do you think Joe Biden can become Jonathan Archer in 2020?
1: Much like Jonathan Archer, he was the one that was specifically asked for by one side to come and to come and bring us together. That's right. Um, I do. <laughs> we don't have I an do emotional
0: like Vulcan side, though. Unfortunately, we've got we've got two fired up Andorian teams going at each other. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's the the blue Andorians and the red Andorians.
0: <laughs> the blue wall Biden brought back the blue wall and the blue antenna. Yeah, I I do
1: like that. This episode keeps it um, similarly topical as mm-hmm. as the last episode did, uh, but just like. 15 years too late when you have jonathan archer (laughs) stepping in to uh, bring peace to the middle eastern quadrant Mm -hmm.
0: i know (laughs) this is a timeless episode i guess we're going to be talking about ceasefire people
1: are always fighting about stuff you know what side of the bread you put your butter on it's a tale as old as time
0: the uh uh, never mind i was i was thinking something else about how a bread always lands butterside down but I couldn't find a way to tie that into an analogy we'll go with it anyway it's a slippery situation ceasefire it says all it needs to say ceasefire is the episode that we're going to be talking about and we're going to take a break we're going to play a clip from the episode and then we'll come back and break it down
1: obviously I'm here at the request of the Andorians Shran believes he can trust me I don't intend to prove him wrong by going down there with a Vulcan officer in tow if you insist I bring a Vulcan along I'll take the one I know I
0: can trust. Ceasefire is the 15th episode of the second season. We're getting up there. That's a surprising number to see, 15. It aired on February 12th. Only only 10 more weeks until we're done (laughs) with season two. (laughs) First aired on February 12th, 2003. It is the third of seven in the Vulcan versus Andoria arc, which is my favorite WrestleMania runner. (laughs) <laughs> Written by Chris Black, directed by David Strayton. In universe date is unknown, but it's twenty one fifty two or thereabouts. Well, if if
1: you're going by rest, if you're going by pro wrestling rules, after the seventh episode, uh, they settle their beef and they become a tag team. So right. technically, that works, right? They start the federation.
0: <laughs> it is, yeah. The federation tag they, team is my favorite, uh, outside of the New Age Outlaws. It's my second favorite tag team. Ceasefire. In this episode, Archer is called in to mediate a territorial dispute between the Vulcans and the Andorians. It's everything you thought DS9 was going to be, Clay. It sure is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As I said, this is the third of seven of the Vulcan and Andorian episodes. Uh, Honestly, I'm surprised it's only the third. I feel like we've had 10 of these episodes and they're all remarkably Mm. the same as each other. They all feel (laughs) very, very similar. After the high of... um, stigma this one feels more like a letdown i don't think this is a good episode i don't think it's a terrible episode but i think it's definitely a letdown from stigma in that um the one thing i like about this is that i do like the early goings of humans serving as a mediator in this Mm -hmm. group of races that they've got going on outside of that i just think that like um Enterprise is the most template of the Star Trek shows we've seen sure. so far. And this one feels really template It's just like you plug in the names. You got a little bit of action in there. Sprinkle in some Andorians and Vulcans. Uh, sprinkle in all the problems that I have with those races to this point as defined by Enterprise. And here you go. You got Ceasefire.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it's surprising. It's surprisingly similar to uh uh the last ones they've done except for one notable I only can assume pr- producer's note which is uh Brennan if you got to bring back those fucking blue guys. <laughs> can we can we have one with a rack? <laughs> Just like a nice a nice rack we can put on display.
0: Brennan. I was I was reading this National Geographic. Have you ever heard of a blue-footed booby? I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Oh home. my god. Oh my God! Could you imagine? <laughs> That's pretty much it. They brought back uh, Susie Plaxton, yeah. who's like six foot seven, full of woman, and they put uh, some blue paint on her and unbuttoned her top two buttons on her blouse and said, "You are going to be the villain of this episode." And she said, "Okay." Is she? Has she been in other episodes? She was in T and G. She's um, most well known as Kalar, who's wharf's Mother of Alexander in TNG for a oh, couple of episodes. Oh, no kidding. Okay. And she's also has another couple roles in other Star Trek that I can't name off the top. She's in the Schizoid Man episode, um, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But she's a returning Star Trek actress. Um, I mean, we can, you know, it's typical Enterprise. The, the resolution here where. Uh Shran is like, how am I supposed to believe what's true? And T'Pol goes, did you ever think that maybe someone on your side wasn't on your side? And he goes, they betrayed me. And it's it's just so quick of a resolution <laughs> and so stupid. You know, there's no evidence that Shran is given to this is the, like Tara. I think her name is Tara or Tara or something is the betrayer. He just he just kind of buys into it. And that, that's really jumping to the end of things. But my um, I'll, I'll ask you this question. The problem with the Vulcan and Andorian storyline is that the Vulcans are confusingly characterized in this series, and the mm. Andorians are not characterized in this series. So when you combine them, there's no, real, there's no real ground where you can stand, where you understand anything about the complexities of their arrangement besides the fact that the Vulcans are kind of dicks in this early mm-hmm. universe, and it's always that way. But similarly, the Andorians where they were played as thugs early on, don't really seem to have much of a characteristic at all anymore because Shran is no longer right. the hopped up, I'm going to do whatever it takes to fight back. He's now like, we need to cause, it. we need to have a ceasefire. We need to have peace between us. And I don't understand the characterization of that race anymore at this point if that's the way it's going to be. So you have confusing Vulcans who don't make any sense and then Andorians who are underdeveloped fighting each other. Yeah.
1: I mean, what is this? You said the third episode, fourth episode, third I think it's the third. Um, it says it's the third. Yeah, having little to no prior experience with the Andorians, I d- I don't know what th- what they're about at all. A- after three episodes of Andorian stuff, like they just seem to be angry at the Vulcans about something. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but yeah, as far as character characterization goes, I don't know anything outside of they're fighting with the Vulcans. Yeah, so it's difficult for me to really. <clears throat> I mean. Thankfully, it's it's being this whole storyline is being carried on the back of Jeffrey Combs. It is, yeah. He, he's, he's pulling a lot he, of weight
0: in here, yeah.
1: Because yeah, even like the guy they got playing, uh, Shreve, what the hell's the Vulcan guy's name? Soval,
0: the, the worst Vulcan of all time. But we'll, we'll get Soval? into Soval, oh, he's yeah. terrible, he's terrible, awful.
1: Um, he's not really bringing any heat. And T'Pol isn't really doing anything in this episode, and so it's basically Shran and and his uh, uh, second in command there. And I don't, I I get that they're fighting over this planet, but I don't understand why. They never really talk about that. Very, yep. and if they did, I I must have been like staring at the floor. Well, I guess the, I the
0: Andorians that. got there first and terraformed it, and the Vulcans sure. said that they were too close to Vulcan, so they chased them off of it. And I think that's the entire conflict between the two of them. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that doesn't tell me anything about why they're fighting each other outside of that immediate thing. But um, that being said, I actually thought I thought this was fairly solid. But I I thought it was solid for the same reasons a lot of the other ones are solid, which is like it's a when you really get down to it, it's a pretty simple story that is just told really efficiently and and solidly made, and it's got Jeffrey Combs in there, you know, swinging for the fence every scene he's in yeah um I don't know how it's possible you can see his veins through all that blue makeup, but you can <laughs> we haven't and, talked about uh, the um
0: to interrupt uh, but the just a small point uh, I don't think I've mentioned the Andorian antenna in this I guess are controlled by puppeteers, which is interesting, yeah they're they they're be, like hand yeah. controlled and they, it's kind of neat when you. When you're in kind of a scene where you stop paying attention to the Andorians and what they're saying, you pay attention to the antenna and how they're reacting to things. It's kind of a neat little oh, touch granted. that they do it.
1: Could you imagine just <laughs> sitting on those? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's pretty gross.
0: <laughs> I interrupted you, though, but it's it's a nice touch where in, in you know a modern TV show, I think they'd I don't think Discovery even has the Endorian antenna move, but you could see it easily going into like the nothing, realm of CGI. Nothing on their faces move. Yeah, in Discovery. It's, it's a little, they, it's a little it's just uh, overdone.
1: It's like Master Shake after he got uh, bad plastic surgery <laughs> in, in South America from Aquatine. <laughs> um, I interrupted you. I, I, I don't. I, I was more or less done. I, it's, it's, it's the same thing. I for a diplomacy episode, I actually didn't mind it. Um, it's a little on the nose where they basically have another one of those scenes where Arch is like, ah, if we could just get together in some sort of, I don't know,
0: federation. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's... The scene where he's talking to Flocks early on. saying, yeah, it's, it's Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be out here chasing <clears throat> comets. Maybe we should be creating some kind of... Alliance. <laughs> what's yeah. what's
1: another word? Alliance. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. On the tip of my tongue, I
0: don't know. He's like it alliance is, is very similar to those other three alien militant species that we ran into. They were all the alliance, so we should we should yes. get something yeah. else. Yeah.
1: We've <laughs> run we've run into enough uh, uh, civil and other other <laughs> wars going on, which are between <laughs> the alliance and the the empires. That we know which side we should take. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was I thought it was all right. I I found it um. I actually thought the the action stuff didn't really seem as out of place as it usually does. Yeah, um, I thought the you know shooting down the the shuttlecraft was it was a nice plot turn, and I legitimately wasn't sure who shot them down for a while. Yeah, until they because uh, I thought they were going to try and maybe do like a a little uh, uh, pull one over on you, but then I was like, well, no, they're not going to position the Vulcans into trying to frame the Andorians which would probably jumpstart a galactic war so yeah. it's most likely just the the tall lady.
0: I wouldn't see it outside of the Vulcans in this series though, really. I mean it it would be surprising but I could see a way that it's done. The problem is that Soval is on the shuttle and that that mm-hmm. seems to be the the problem with that. And I, I also
1: I thought the stuff with Trip was great too. Trip in the uh, in the captain's chair I thought was awesome.
0: Although he did they, uh, have that, he did have that episode a couple episodes ago where he was completely that's incompetent true, yes. and, again, again, and now he's just got balls of steel and he's just yeah. like, put me right in between those sons of bitches.
1: Yeah. He, uh, he picked up, he picked up, uh, um, best of both worlds part one and has been reading that and yeah. learning that since the last time. Yeah. But no, I thought that stuff was good. And I thought the, <laughs> to, uh, again, to compare it to how they handle things in discovery, I thought positioning enterprise in the line of fire of their two ships worked infinitely better in this than it did in discovery where michael just depends on saru to know to fly the ship right. in between the firing line and you know like bullshit um yeah trip trip positioning enterprise between them like that and was was quite a statement to be made i thought it was very effective
0: it feels like a picard thing to do you know it feels pretty sure. star trekky i think it i think that there's the thing that I like about this episode is it does feel thematically appropriate and like it's constructed in a way where I feel this is a step in the path towards a Federation type arrangement between them. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt it all it all fit together in Tripp's decision to sort of put the Enterprise in danger to stop these ships from shooting each other is, is good. I like Archer's approach to being the mediator and he's divorced from both of them in a way that he can get through and uh, negotiate a deal between things. Um, I like seeing the Vulcan and Andorian ships. I like the Vulcan ships. I've never, I've never talked about them. But they, Are they the Vulcan
1: be... ships the ones with, like, the big circle? The circle,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's a weird design. Um, the um, And I thought that all, like, I agree that the action is fine. It has, you know, it's like typical Enterprise action where, the scene where Archer sneaks up on the sniper who's in the tower is like 30 minutes of watching Archer climb up the ladder <laughs> and then punch the guy in the face and like, g- come well, back down. The thing the thing I was I was
1: chuckling about with that is, you know, you watch him shuffle around for twenty five minutes. So I'm assuming like he's going a fair distance, and then after he jumps both of them, he's like, To Paul, hey, yeah, stop firing. Like she's like <laughs> right. she's like twenty five feet away. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, he doesn't. And at the start of it, he's at the start of it. He's like, it's only a kilometer away. That's that's no distance whatsoever. You could like throw a rock and be halfway there. I think at that point. So <laughs> it's funny that it takes them so long to get uh, quite a short distance across. I um there's uh
1: sorry. It reminded me of a, of a great gag from. I can't remember if they do it in Naked Gun or if it's explicitly from Police Squad. They probably do it again in Naked One of the Naked Gun movies where they do the uh, traditional firing and someone's returning fire on you and you're sh- they're showing both sides of the gunfight yeah and then they show a wide shot and they're just like hunkered behind two trash cans that yeah. are like five feet away from each on the, other on
0: the opposite sides of the same mailbox or something just yes. looking, yes. uh, looking yeah looking at looking over the top of it yeah yeah it's a good game <laughs> yeah it's uh so the action here is fine it just feels it's super just stock really it's like enterprise just has to have these action sequences it makes sense here i don't even think they're bad really for what they are it's just there's never anything going on during the action sequence there's there's never a plot that archer's like i've got to get this parcel down the road before the like the bomb explodes there's never Mm. it's never anything outside of just archer getting he's got to bring sovol down down the road yeah
1: before the before the uh, the guy the other the New show there. up and they start the war or whatever, but
0: I just there's no there's no character story inside right, of that. Right. The only thing that it's happens
1: here, all moving a football. Yeah.
0: The, the thing that the thing that happens here and that I I don't even know if it's really even important enough is that Sovol and T'Pol have that talk with each other, which only serves to highlight. And I know that we, I know that I complain about the same things in Enterprise, but it's because it's such a stock, templatey show where the same mm-hmm. problems happen. The Vulcans just don't make any sense. And Soval, who's new to this episode but not new to the series, is the worst Vulcan I've ever seen. He's he's awful. Where he's the scene with like the entire thing of watching Soval where he's talking to Archer and he's getting mad. He's always yelling. He's always mad about things. Soval's always mad. And so you're looking at him for the first half of the episode and you're going, "Huh, like is he just portraying the Vulcans the way that the showrunners and writers want the Vulcans to be portrayed? And I'm just like not being given enough information to accept him as the real version of Vulcans at this point. But then when he has this conversation with T'Pol, T'Pol's like, I feel kind of happy that I'm (coughs) serving on... I feel kind of prideful I'm serving on Enterprise. Or whatever she says, and he says, ah, pride. That's an emotion. You shouldn't have that. Mm. It's like, Soval, you're the most emotional fucking guy in this entire episode. Why are you now lecturing T'Pol about what she's done? It doesn't make... It doesn't make any sense and his performance is terrible as a Vulcan. It's just terrible as a Vulcan. It completely undermines everything to the point where you think that there's something else going on in the story that's not being stated because of how weird his performance is.
1: Yeah, he, he uh I don't think he has ever watched Star Trek before. Yeah. Because he's possible. not he's not even trying to do even like a, a stock. Vulcan robot
0: no he's not even trying to do like bad robot Vulcan like everyone you know he must be looking at the guys who are the Vulcans who stand to his back right and left all the time in every single scene he must be like what is these fucking guys are terrible actors like there's no range
1: yeah yeah it's like he's like yeah I got a pointy ears live long and proper whatever um yeah, it, and it's interesting because he even calls he calls uh, calls to Paul out for for get, losing her Vulcan accent, yes. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> or or getting an, uh, uh, a, human a human accent, accent yeah. which is I don't even know what that is, but um, but yeah they they have they have these interesting scenes <laughs> so where Paul's like,
0: hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know what you're talking about, Soval. Uh, the uh, it's. What was I gonna say? The uh about um, oh the Solval uh, the Yeah The the he he's so much not a traditional Vulcan, yet they do call out like the other the, the Andorians have a have a, a nice line um where where I think it's the what's the woman's name? Tara? Tara, I think, yeah. Tara. It's a very
0: Star Trek name. Mm-hmm. I think um, there's an H well, on the end to not make it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, there, there we go. <laughs>
1: um where she says, I think it's her who says the uh, the Vulcans, they don't have a conscience, they j- just logic. Yeah, Which is a nice little bit of like shit talking about how they perceive them and stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, the general, if you're going by the general way that Vulcans are presented, sure, but you're not really getting that from these Vulcans. The, these Vulcans seem to have a lot of other stuff happening internally that kind of contradict that.
0: Right, like isn't... I just think that the the way that the Vulcans are drawn here, where the Endorians have n- no characterization to them whatsoever, but you could see you could see Enterprise trying to do something where the extreme cold-hearted logic of Vulcan society is indifferent to other races, right? Like that they they're going to do what they see as the the most rational best outcome for them, and that includes kicking the Endorians off this planet or whatever because they see them as a threat. But it always it comes across as an emotional response to the Andorians Mm. instead of just a, like, no, this is, like, we've thought about it. We did all the calculations, and it's, like, these guys have got to go. And I think that there's there's space for Enterprise to develop the Vulcans as they kind of – the Vulcans develop a, like, compassion along with their logic system that becomes Mm -hmm. a kind of thing that they develop over the course of the series or the course of leading up to TOS. Because I think, like, Spock and them would have a – they have, like, a – Sort of humanist approach to life. They have a very like, um, they see things that like life is kind of sacred and special and things like that, but they're still logical about it. But they have a, there's a kindness to them at the same time. Mm. These Vulcans just seem angry about everything. Right. And it really yeah. undermines their argument where I could see the Vulcans having a point and the Endorians being the fiery emotion it's the two sides of the human heart or the human sure, heart and mind. Sure. And they represent that an archer is supposed to be the mediator, but it never comes across that way in any other episodes.
1: Yeah. And, and in this one too, when you, when you've got this, first of all, I thought the, <laughs> I thought the negotiation scene was hilarious where they just cut to, to, uh, to Shran going, well, we're never going to be satisfied until we own this moon, but I guess that's what a compromise is. All right. Well, I guess we're done here. It's like, I'm not even <laughs> sure tree, what <laughs> they don't. I don't even think they really explain what the compromise was. No. It's just that they're both unhappy about it. Yep. And like they don't. You've got this opportunity to have the Vulcans lean into the logic thing and be like, okay, well, what's the what's the discussion here? It's the 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 Vulcans are acting. Their defense would be by. By uh, logically, it, it makes sense for us to do X, Y, and Z, and then you have the Andorians fire back, where it's like, well, it's not all about logic. What about us? We're just trying to survive, you know, that kind of right. shit. And but they never get to any of that because uh, the negotiation scene is about f- fifteen seconds long. Yes, uh, and yeah. also because the they don't portray the Vulcans as as acting in that manner. I, like you, I've never gotten the sense from this show up to this point. That the Vulcans are doing anything out of logic as much as like they just don't like the humans and they just don't like the Andorians, right. yeah, which they, is not a logical response.
0: Yeah, they seem very xenophobic. Like they're, they're, yes. all their actions are xenophobic, but at the same time they're reaching out to other species and trying to develop them. Mm. You know, there's, like, even they, even if that was the case,
1: I kind of wish they would say it just so someone could refute it. And be like it, they, they are xenophobic because it is not logical to take in other species when they have to you know some some bullshit like that, yeah, so then you can have someone like Archer be like that's ridiculous that's that's uh, that's a self destructive way of living if you're if you 're cutting yourself off because you think it's blah 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 blah
0: yeah yeah and they've they 've hinted at it before, I think there was some episode in the first season where to the, the Vulcans have a kind of um Opinion against exploration at this point, like Archer's kind of unique, and humans are unique to them because they're going out and exploring. And T'Pol has a line about the Vulcans don't see the uh, the the gains to be made from exploration mm-hmm. like that. And I, I I think that that's a good way for the Vulcans to go. It's just I sorry sorry finish your finish well no your I, it's it's really just that they they're so. Convoluted about what they're supposed mm. to be thinking and how they're supposed to be acting, and no one says anything about how they're supposed to be. They've all they've had right. lines about that they respect, uh, or that they like logic and like there's, there's, everything is about the rational actions that they have to take, but. They, they just don't lay out why they do the things that they do in a, a logical way, as you're saying. It's just they don't like... the They're spying on the Andorians all the time, which could be logical. You could make an argument that the, the Vulcans think this is a necessary thing to do. Uh, they just... The show... It, it's... It's semi-discovery-esque. It's like the show has this mm. idea, but it doesn't want to really explore what that idea means. As to like, they're like, yeah, the Vulcans don't trust the Andorians, and you know like, well, why? Do, why don't they trust it? It doesn't matter. Just have them shut down the, right. the spy thing at the end of the episode, and we'll move on. It's it's kind of unsatisfying episodes like that.
1: Yeah, and I also find that they have they have kind of locked themselves into this uh, incongruent depiction of the Vulcans because. The genesis of the show is takes uh, takes its its steps off of it. What's the, the, what the fuck am I trying to say? The uh, the, uh,
0: the the butter always <laughs> lands on the floor.
1: Yeah, no the, the 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 series the series itself like the the core of the series jumps off of the continuity canon idea that the Vulcans came to Earth and were are like, hey. Awesome! You guys just achieve warp speed. We're here to like help you out and whatnot. Right.
0: Welcome but to every, the club. At,
1: at, yeah, but at every turn, the Vulcans are like fucking humans, right? And even T'Pol even brings it up, and she's like, "Didn't wasn't the point of us reaching out to the humans in order to help better them and blah blah blah?" And he's like, "Fucking was, I guess. <laughs> you know, it, like they <laughs> yeah. There's the, it's they're locked into this pre this this." uh genesis of the story but the Vulcans that they're they're showing are not don't line up with any of
0: that stuff right they've never given a good reason as to why they stick with them and Soval doesn't seem to know what the reason is as to why you stick with the humans and it's as I said they're they're reaching out to help races like the humans and they you'd you know the ending of first contact kind of makes sense there it's like the Vulcans see the species that's warp capable they go and make contact and the, the like the nice sequence at the end of First Contact is the Vulcans having a drink with Zephyrin Cochran, who just mm. starts dancing to the music. You know, the humans are just at that stage and the Vulcans just, just sit there and aren't sure what to do.
1: But cut to cut to Will Arnett in Vulcan form, saying, I have made a huge mistake.
0: <laughs> the the Vulcans here, if they are that Will Arnett character, just You know, It seems like they're just tagging along with Archer and the Enterprise because the story of the show demands that they do. There's not really a good reason why they continue to be there, and they threaten to always pull T'Pol away and stuff like that. Yeah, I do feel that T'Pol's developing well outside of that.
1: Yeah, oh, I think she's great. She continues to be really good. And they can't, but they can't also... They're tagging along just because the show says that they have to, but they can't be flat-out... fellow protagonists they have to be antagonistic in order to generate drama yeah but they never get into like what the source of that antagonism is right so you just have these these vulcans who are antagonistic towards everybody and not really well defined other than that except for de like it like in and of itself in and of itself outside of the the pre-existing continuity it, it 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 doesn't work that badly because you've got the vulcans who are testy with the humans and don't really approve of what they're doing, and, but they've got a Vulcan on the ship, so as she becomes more accustomed to the humans, then she, they, they, that, that conflict between her and the other Vulcans kind of bruised, that stuff right. is fine. Like yep. that, in, in theory, that works perfectly fine. It's just that the, the setup for all of it isn't really structurally sound. Where It could have been, but they, they just never really committed to it either way.
0: I, feel, I know we haven't seen it in a while, but it feels similar to the, uh, the execution of the temporal Cold War in that it felt like they had the yes, idea, yes. but they weren't really sure what was going on with that idea. They just knew that, like, we'll start it there and we'll see what happens. And we'll probably, you know, we'll, we'll flesh it out as it comes along. And so what happened with the Cold War is you've had three Cold War episodes where no one knows what the Cold War is about. And it's just the Daniel right. showing up going like, yeah, the Cold yeah. War. And Archie goes, oh, shit. And, and the I'm, Vulcans are the same thing.
1: I'm waiting for the uh, the last Jedi episode of Enterprise, where someone finally steps in and goes like, "Yeah, all that stuff it's not it's not real." <laughs> anyway, that's over. <laughs> What's real is this stuff, you know, because it's 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 a very it feels. I think we talked about this at the time. It has a similar feel to it, where it's like one writer came in. Dropped this concept and was like, "All ah, right, see you guys." Right. Just like left them to figure it out, and no one ever. They just kept putting it at the back of the list. Yeah, and they they never bothered f- fleshing it out, so nobody knows what's going on. So they're kind of stuck with this sort of vague, uh, vague idea.
0: Yeah, it's the same with the Vulcans. It, it you know that they should be the the testiness and the antagonism towards each other makes sense dramatically because you need them to be at each other's necks a little bit, but they've never grounded where that comes from why archer feels particularly annoyed by it like i understand why archer feels bad about it because he brings it up constantly but i've never you've never experienced it really like there's never been a scene where you're like oh that's why archer's you know flipping out about this stuff and that's why they insulted his father or whatever and (laughs) to on to paul's side it feels satisfying that she's rebelling against these vulcans but, on some level, I feel it's just because I don't like these Vulcans, so I'd rather to Paul mm. not like them as well, and therefore, right. when she comes to my side, I feel okay with it but i'm not I'm not really convinced that she's learned anything that I would say is substantial for herself outside of adopting mm. human characteristics it's not like it's not like Soval is the father figure to her that he i guess he kind of is supposed to be but it, it it doesn't come across that way where she's rebelling against him or anything personal like that I, I feel like there's a lot of connections to be made the way that that admiral we always thought would be a good semi-father figure to archer that they haven't really done and Sobo sure. would be the version of that to, to paul uh yeah. it's just it's just not coming together that way
1: yeah and they don't for, they set her up as being more integral to this episode than she is cuz i i think up through the first meeting with the andorians she her stuff is great like uh even that kind of argument they have about bringing a vulcan down and Archer has to kind of explain why she's there and what she's done and stuff like that that stuff is nice they set her up as a good counterpoint to Soval but they never really follow follow that through with anything like i feel like they're they're missing the opportunity to have her do something that would show Soval that why he's wrong right. about the her, or why of he's, humanity yeah or why he's wrong even about the andorians or something right. but otherwise but unfortunately it's just all archer uh gratuitous ass kicking right
0: everybody. lamely lame, lamely telling sharon that uh you know some people on your side aren't really on your side and he goes oh no no kidding how many um we should be tracking things like this but like the over-under, what would you peg the over-under for? Number of scenes that have ended with a Vulcan walking past DePaul and Paul goes, oh, rolls, <laughs> rolls her eyes at Archer. <laughs> it's, it must have happened like 50 times in the show by this point. Whenever Sovol walks past, DePaul just kind of uh, like raises her eyebrows and can't believe that that's what he said. Um, it's,
1: like, uh, it's like in any other sitcom. Anytime a character's uh, mother-in-law exits the scene, right. they're
0: like, boy. Boy, 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 these guys are logical. Earth. Yeah.
1: Festivus?
0: What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds made up. I don't think there's much else to this one, really. Um, I, I like it thematically. The Andorians are just like, I, I would talk about the Endorians, but there's not really a lot to say about them. Um, nice little guest appearance from um, the captain of the Andorian ship at the end that's talking to Trip is the actor who played the kivan vorta who's in rocks and shoals the sort of shifty oh, no, vulcan kidding. which is a nice callback so you have that's both wayun and kivan in this one um but i said like they should he, have
1: done that thing where they look at each other and they both say at the same time
0: aren't you dead <laughs> <laughs> the uh the Andorians don't <clears throat> have which, much going sorry
1: on. my favorite joke from uh uh hot shots part Deux that i didn't get until years later is when uh, they're doing the send-up of Apocalypse Now, and they've got Charlie Sheen going, doing his inner monologue, and his inner monologue gets interrupted by Martin Sheen's inner monologue. (laughs) And then they look at each other, and as they pass, they point at each other and say, I loved you in Wall Street. (laughs) (laughs) It's an amazing deep cut of a joke. Uh, joke Sorry, continue about Star
0: Trek. The joke that always (laughs) sticks with me from part two is... um, I think it is part two. Is that the one where he rescues Mr. He rescues Rowan Atkinson and it's like Harry him? Yes, up? yes. <laughs> yes. He, he picks him up and he's like running through the jungle with him as Rambo and it's Mr. Bean like sort of over his shoulder. They just they ADR in this line of Rowan Atkinson going, you're so sweaty. <laughs> 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 my, just sticks my, me.
1: my absolute favorite joke from that movie is when they're flying in and they've got everybody in the in the ship, and he's reading Great Expectations. And so he goes, "What are you reading, Great Expectations?" And he says, "How is it?" And he goes, "It's not what I hoped." <laughs> great joke.
0: Yeah, uh, Abram Zucker, Zucker, his, his or whatever. His right,
1: uh, right before they completely lost all credibility.
0: Right. Yeah, that's the, their last greatest hits. Um, I don't have anything. Do you have anything to say about the Endorians? Are we done? Really? Like it's I. Well, I. I do – the ending scene is too short, but I do like the ending scene. I wish that mm. I wish that the episode cut out half of the fighting and turned the ending scene into an additional five minutes and they actually had Soval, Shran, and Archer talk to each other. Yeah. Because I think yeah. that would be interesting at that point, and they don't yeah, really do you've, it. Yeah, you've built up
1: your entire episode about that confrontation and you just never do it. Yeah. It's uh... Especially
0: knowing where this has to go, right? You know they have right. to form the Federation. It would be nice to have, if you're the showrunner of this, I imagine you go, like Chris, Chris Black wrote this. You're like, Chris, you got like seven minutes of scene here. Like write a great, nuanced, semi-antagonistic scene between these three. Like we need to see clearly where they're all coming from what they all see about each other, and at the same time give a glimmer of hope about how there can be unity between the three of them towards the end of this. Mm. Mm-hmm. They semi-do the unity thing just by cheating drinking alcohol with each other. You know, it's like, right. it's it's just a, a shortcut, really. And I, I'd much rather have a nuanced conversation between Sovol and Shran where they are getting the best of each other and Archer's there... To witness it or something it's, it just feels there's potential left on the on the table
1: yeah it's it's strange that the running theme in this show for for us is we kind of wish they would spend more time on the boring stuff yeah because they that whether it's an episode where we just want to see them do whatever the job is they have to do unhindered by uh deus ex space ice or whatever yeah um, or if it's this where it's like, yeah, I would actually be interested in seeing some of the diplomatic talks between these. People. Because if, especially, I think the difference is, in a show like this, you're a prequel, right? So lean into it. it this is one thing where I, I don't give a shit where the, the phase cannons came from or whatever. I don't have right. a crap yep. about that. But get into the, if you're going to get into the politics of the creation of the Federation, now's the time to do it.
0: Yeah. No, it, it it definitely isn't. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's it's semi-boring diplomacy stuff, but I think about it as in terms it of... It does have to be. No, it doesn't have to be. I think of it just in terms of it needs to have the kind of crackle that the opening diner scene has in uh, Reservoir Dogs. Not that it needs to be Reservoir Dogs, the Star <laughs> Trek episode, but you need to have... You <laughs> know,
1: All my favorite Andorans, Toby, Toby Wong. <laughs> Toby Chu, chew, <laughs> motherfucking Charlie Chan. That—that's what you want.
0: No, I mean they're—they're they're drinking. There could be a whole tip discussion. But you don't tip. It's like Andrew. You,
1: you want Archer to explain to them who Madonna was and what <laughs> "Like a Virgin" was as a song, and then explain what it's about.
0: I suppose my point is that that scene is divorced from what goes on in Reservoir Dogs, right? Right. But it right, has yeah. it expo- It shows you all the characters. They're talking about something that's semi-interesting and kind of funny to talk about. But it shows you who the characters are in relationship to each other, how they're all set up, what the sort of like dynamics between everybody are. And mm-hmm. they don't even have to be talking in this episode about the treaty or anything boring, but have them talk about something. You know, like have them talk about like right. growing up on Andor- how Andoria was different from growing up on Vulcan is growing up on Earth. Or have them, have them connect about something that feels real and not just, well... We banged out that contract in 37 minutes. How about we have a drink and then we call it a day? Just that just feels hokey and un, unbelievable in, in a lot of ways. Brandon, there's too much
1: talking in this episode. You got to cut it down. There's only two things I want to see, and it ain't and
0: it ain't these people talking. You know what I'm talking about, <laughs> Brandon? Do you know what uh, like a virgin is actually really about? <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that Archer I was just, I, just learned, I just learned
1: this. I have to tell somebody. <laughs>
0: every, every, every Rick Berman uh, script has Jonathan Archer, uh, comma, a real John Holmes motherfucker, comma, <laughs> <laughs> description. <laughs> <laughs> enters the sick bag. I guess we're done with Ceasefire. We'll take a break there. We will play a clip from the episode. We'll come back, read some patron thoughts, and give our final thoughts about Ceasefire.
1: I believe someone wants to find a compromise as a solution that neither side is happy with.
0: In that case, these talks have been extremely successful. I consider any negotiation that averts war to be a success. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. If you're interested in supporting the show, the best way to do so is go to patreon.com slash file. A couple dollars a month, and you get extra stuff like extra podcasts. This month we're going to be talking about Inception, which is number seven on Rotten Tomatoes' 150 greatest sci-fi movies of all time, the Christopher Nolan movie, and a DS9 revisit. I think we're doing Life Support, which is the burial Death episode that Clay missed the first time oh, around. So fucking great! You get to see cardboard melt under under the intense cool. intense pressure. And as always, just, I,
1: I'm really glad to head back to Deep Space Nine to watch a fucking Burial episode.
0: I think we, uh, I watched one on with the patrons, though, just on the, uh, uh, just the Amazon stream as I was doing something else. Mm-hmm. It's very different. We weren't even watching great DS9 episodes, but when you go back to DS9, it's just such a, um, DS9, just compared to Enterprise, and I know Enterprise is early, maybe something will change, but DS9 feels full- in some way like when you go Mm. into it it feels like a world where enterprise feels like sets you know like you you go there and it's like this this feels pretty empty in a lot of ways like there's nothing really going on the characters aren't doing anything it's a lot of running around on concrete sets or whatever but thank you i think you'll be it'll be interesting if not a good episode anyway special thank you to the captain tier supporters who always get a special shout out at this point. I don't know what happened to my brain there. I just fried out for a second. Christian Pouch, Tark Latif, Chris Tinsley, Mike Burnett, Sean Cardinal Doomsday, Joint Mango, Matt Cutler, Ben Douglas, Cal Barrett, Sam McCuster, Nick Nick, Sergi, Bradley Killens, Matthew Ross, Rune Venler, Nathan Ellick, Eric Johnson, Andrew Cholo, Grim Santo, Point extra G, Dwayne Hackett, Paul Roscoe, Jordan Cooper, Derek Zajak, Kevin Race, Ball 13 Hero, Stefan Minton, Nick the Rat, Darth Mosk, HH28, Matt Curry 6, Jacob 123, Mike Karas, Jake's Gamer, Patrick Seba, Captain Brazen, Kevin Lowry, Eric Antoine, Corey Martin, William Schaer, Zane Major, Soil Blue, and Grappler John. Thank you very much for supporting the show at patreon.com slash the Pensky file. Did you say Trapper John? Like from MASH? It's no it's did i say trap or it's a groppler. Groppler john oh, zorn i, I think, probably is the just name. heard it wrong uh but patreon always cuts if we can off get name. more
1: if we can get more patrons who are former cast members from mash that would be
0: great it would be yeah they've still got those residual checks coming in just give me some of that <laughs> is
1: jamie farr still alive we could
0: probably get him pretty cheap <laughs> <laughs> and uh we'll go to patreon comments right now just checking this is still recording it is uh <laughs> Patron comments, if you're a patron at the $5 and up level, you can leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes when we read them. Matt Ross says, "Ceasefire: fire, a more interesting story of how the Andorians and Vulcans hate each other. The Cuban Missile Crisis, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, Kashmir, and any other number of our own conflicts need a cheery Boy Scout of Archer, shooting in darkness, etc. It's funny that Tripp can decide bold moves here, considering his weakness seven episodes ago. But overall, the last scene is the only one that really matters. The rest is pointless. Two antenna out of five. Point XG says, Jeffrey Combs and Susie Plaxton in the same episode? That's some Star Trek royalty there. It's a decent enough episode, but there was never any doubt where the story was going. Humans will bring everyone together. How optimistic. It's also weird that pink skin is a term specific to humans. I was thinking the same thing. It's like
1: it's not a, their skin is not any different really than the Vulcans. Although the Vulcans have, I guess they kind of have more of like an olive.
0: They're like, ye- yeah, look. olive yellow or something. They have yeah. a little bit of a, a sickly hue to them. Um, yeah, then obviously they haven't run into Mayweather because he doesn't exist on the show, but they would have a hard time right. describing him that way. Right. Um, yeah, p- and pinks, pink skin just sounds really erotic. <laughs> it's like, it's just, especially with their antenna, just like waving around in Archer's mm. face as he calls him pink yes. skin. It's just, it's, yes. All right, pink skin. Although I was thinking about it, the Andorians probably have different shades of blue. That we don't notice, right? Mm, that's true. You know, yeah. we're probably like they're all blue; they they look the same as us. A latte Dab-a-dee, librarian Dab-a-dye. A latte librarian says, "I see Endorians also suffer from excess cleavage in female military uniforms." Trip seems to be oh, coming into. Thank God. Seems to be coming into his own as a backup captain. Overall, a not disappointing episode. Three pink skins out of five. <laughs> do, do, do Thank you, Nick. The red says
1: back. Go up back and throw the pink skin
0: around That's right. with your dad. <laughs> That's my favorite scene from uh, the room. Nick the <laughs> says Tara makes my pink skinned antenna stand at attention. What are those? What are those Indorian antennas for anyway? Hearing or smelling any episode of Jeffrey Combs is a winner for me. He's so small and cute, just like the enterprise threatening to open fire. If any <clears> ship <throat> goes towards the planet, adorable four out of five that that's what that's what they were
1: missing for all of trip's bluster they should have cut back to the to the the vulcan guy going is he fucking serious right (laughs) we could we would destroy these guys it would be one shot it's done there's six of us they have literal they're still shooting torpedoes yeah
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and they uh they've had that in episodes where they're they call them warships but they all look the same they ran into they had to The one where they had to ferry uh, to Paul's mentor, like they had to run away from those guys who were saying, how fast does your ship go? Um, Mm -hmm. They were Mm -hmm. trying to get to a a Vulcan ship for protection. So obviously it's stronger than them. Kyle Barrett says, ceasefire. Last season, Shran—I, I, Shran—I'll call him Shran. Shran broke into a monastery, punched some monks in the face, and tried to kill Archer. So why in this episode is it all about peaceful negotiating in the titular ceasefire? The episode is bog standard Trek fare of a most unsurprising sequacious fashion. I think he mistyped fashion there, trying to be incredible with sequacious, but it's yet fairly watchable. And it's neat to see <laughs> Archer begin Starfleet's role as intergalactic mediators, even though we never see the final negotiations. <laughs> Soval and Tabal's brief chat once Archer finally fucks off is by far the best scene. Although, I don't know what Nigel Tufnell-type ship Chirp is up to when he says the warp reactor is running at 120% efficiency. Surely it's impossible mm. to go over 100%, and if it does go to 120, just make that the new 100. I give this 80% <laughs> right. out of 150%.
1: Well, it's not, the thing is, he says, it's, he says it's running at 110, and then Paul says it's, well, it's, it's graded
0: for 120. Right. Which, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. Captain Brazen says, ceasefire... Andorians and Vulcans fighting over a planetoid. Shran needing Arch's help makes Soval annoyed. The Enterprise attempts to interfere, but couldn't they just share some beer? Arch's TOS-style fight caps the end in the war they avoid. I always fuck up his poems, I think. I think I just can't get I I read them first, and they're better than I'm reading them. So thank you, Captain Brazen, <laughs> for the effort. I'm just fucking do you think,
1: up. Do you think uh, someone... The, I read them like Limericks.
0: I don't know if they're supposed to be Limericks.
1: <laughs> there once was a man from Andor. <laughs>
0: His antenna um, were, were filled with candor.
1: <laughs> it was someone from Discovery re, what, listening to this show, and they were like, what if we have the crew start doing uh, haikus at dinner?
0: Oh, yeah, maybe.
1: I'll take credit for
0: that. Or well, yeah, Captain Brazen will we'll pass that. along yeah. our mash residuals and give them to you at that point. Yeah. Uh, he gives it a solid four. Honestly, couldn't they all just get along by making some mixed drinks, sharing hard liquor, or getting really high? Evidently not out of fives. So two fours out of five for this episode, which is just high. You guys have been high and drinking. <laughs> um, I'm going to it give seems, this.
1: It seems like it swings. A lot of these last few have swung high or low f- for people. It's either like a four or a two.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I haven't noticed or I can't remember, but I do remember schisms recently. This one's I'm surprised this one has a schism like that. Um, I'm going to give it a two, I think. And, yeah. you know, it's it's not bad. It's just, it's really undone by the fact that the Vulcans and Dorians don't have characterization to them. And mm-hmm. at that point, it's just kind of a bog standard. Archer running through the city shooting phasers at people and there's nothing else going on with it. If if that last scene had been great, it's a three, you know? Mm-hmm. It, and it, it doesn't have any of that. So I'm going to give it a two. I think I am, I think I'm going to give it a
1: three uh, because I, I do think that. That stuff aside, it still works fairly well for the story that they are telling. Um, just as, just from like a beat-by-beat beat standpoint, I thought it worked pretty well, and I found it for an episode that was about diplomacy, I, I wasn't falling asleep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it could be better. I think they left a lot of good stuff on the table, as this show is wont to do, but yeah. uh, I think it's still... It's right in the pocket of an e- Enterprise episode, which is... It's the story is simple and the execution is fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. It's, um, that definitely is enterprise to this point. It's, I don't really have anything else to add onto that. It's, uh, would you, would you say that you feel at the same time? I don't, I don't feel, um, and you can be honest i suppose just cuz i think it's more interesting but like for
1: once in my life
0: I'm i don't really. i don't feel trepidation booting up an enterprise episode you know i'm not like it, discovery feels like more work to me than enterprise to watch it mm-hmm. like when i when i when i put on discovery i'm never really happy that i have to sit down for 55 minutes and watch discovery enterprise mm-hmm. isn't at that point for me yet um some of the episodes haven't been good but i I always feel like I always feel like there's a there's a possibility that they'll do something even though it's been we've mm-hmm. we've hit you know forty five episodes now where I haven't really seen a tremendous amount of potential come out of it uh, but it always mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not killing me yet so I don't know how you feel about it. I am the
1: same but I think on the opposite side of that pendulum swing where i b- throwing on discovery, I am interested. On a level of like, well, let's see what happens this time. Let's see where this guy ends up going. Mm-hmm. Whereas Enterprise has no surprises. I kind of, yeah, I kind of I more or less know what I'm going to get. Yeah, and uh, I don't necessarily find that to be a plus.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense.
1: Some people, some people, I'm sure it is, but I, as through a first watch through, looking at it from a critical standpoint, it's not really. It's not really making my Andorian antenna. Yeah, the, the antenna is flaccid
0: here. here. Would you? Uh, would you still say, "Dear Doctor," is the best episode so far, or something? I think along? so. Yeah, but yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, the only other fours I think are, I think uh, maybe you gave a couple four. But the um, I gave uh, dead stop was one with the they find that station that's repairing the ship and they and Mayweather mm-hmm. gets captured and turned into a computer. Uh, we mm-hmm. liked that one. And then there was one other one. The stigma was a four as well.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, those are fine. I don't think there's anything wrong. I, I would probably still have Dear Doctor and then Stigma what might be my second favorite episode. Have so we
1: far. have we not gone higher than a four
0: at at all? You have. You gave Dear Doctor a five.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. All right.
0: But it's the only five I think you've given so far. I gave it a four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I only care about my writing. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, that's it thank you for ceasefire and uh thank you for listening thank you for supporting the show at patreon.com slash the penske file if you are so inclined and uh that's it we'll be back with the next episode which is future tense which is i assume a plan past tense which was a ds9 two-parter that we didn't like but this one is future tense Clay, great you anything, pedigree you want anything you want to say
1: uh yeah we had a new rotten heart picture show come out last week where we covered the spanish zombie movie wreck that's a fun one to check out and this week we have a new batass. ass will we will be covering the lion and the unicorn and showdown <laughs> two really interesting episodes lion and the unicorn is i think i think i had i didn't can't confirm this i think it's the first instance of alfred having a backstory that he used to be in the uh, british secret service okay
0: yeah well i mean the line in the unicorn is definitely very british uh right yeah
1: um and unfortunately the episode does not live up to that premise whatsoever (laughs) and showdown (laughs) is this really like it's the kind of thing that you can get away with i guess when you're 78 episodes into your show and it's going pretty well it's a uh it's a Ra's al Ghul framing device episode that is just a Jonah Hex episode. Batman is only in it to listen to Ra's al Ghul tell him a story about Jonah Hex in the 1800s. So it's a Western.
0: Right.
1: Uh, it's basically the same plot as the movie Wild Wild West. But it's yeah. just this really interesting <laughs> thing where for an episode they were like, what if we just do a Western with Jonah Hex and Batman's not really in it?
0: So. Right. Yeah. And a little pushing boundaries in there towards the mm-hmm. end of it because you guys must have like four episodes left. A badass at this point, yeah.
1: We have uh badass episodes of season three. We have one, two, three, we got four left, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um,
0: good. Check those out at thepenskyfile.com and you can subscribe on all the usual stuff. YouTube's also there. We have Discovery continuing and Enterprise will continue. Um, I don't think I have any other news really. Um, I guess I'll put it out there at this point. If anyone's interested in doing social media art for this as some sort of like portfolio thing, like I could pay a little bit, but like it would be up for it. I'm gauging interest in this. Just if someone has the time to spare two hours a week, maybe to do something like that, um, let me know. And I'd be interested in discussing what the terms of that would be. It would be our own we can- ceasefire contract negotiation.
1: We can pay you in the most valuable currency an up-and-coming artist could ever want. Exposure.
0: Exposure. exposure. We have, I have tremendous exposure. I would like to expose myself to you as well if you want to take this job. <laughs> um, but yeah, if anyone's interested in doing that, if you are trying to build a portfolio or something or whatever, or you want to just like, uh, do it to hone your own artistic skill at making images and things, let me know. No pressure. I'll continue to do a shitty job myself if no one else wants to do it for me. So that's it. (laughs) We'll be back with future tense is the next episode of Enterprise. Discovery continues. Everything's on thepenskyfile.com. And that's it. See you later.